You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's episode 35 of Eurobash, and it's Peter Carroll this week, all by himself. Um, as you know, Noel is away on holidays at the moment. He wasn't present for all of the festivities of Bellator Dublin this week. And unfortunately, he won't be able to record Eurobash this week, despite the multiple and several and numerous selfies we've seen from his uh, holiday in Mallorca. Apparently, the internet is not good enough to record the episode, so fair enough. Um, but uh, he will be editing, so he's not completely off scot free. Obviously, a huge weekend for European MMA with UFC Copenhagen, um, Bellator Dublin, Bellator two two seven, same thing. Uh, Bellator two two eight even brought us some uh, big European news with Masasi on the card and Saul Rogers unfortunately dipping out of the featherweight tournament there. But also significantly, um. We had uh, matchups made for the rest of that tournament involving European fighters, which we will talk about in the news section. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool week in um, for the Bellator fights. It seemed to be really big here, you know, in Ireland. Uh, it felt quite big, you know. It was it was had to be a sellout, if not very, 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 very near a sellout. The atmosphere again was uh, electric. Um, you know, I feel as though. You look at the Copenhagen card and it had way more competitive fights, way more big names versus big names. Uh, you know, the uh, the main card was really, really good in that Copenhagen card. But I, I feel as though any card with James Gallagher, an MVP, is going to be hard to compete with in terms of interest in this continent. And, um, you know, I think the fact that I was there, the fact that Junkie were there, um, that really speaks to how much um, importance is put on these events in terms of the global media. And of course, it was great to see uh, the pod god himself, uh, Shawnee Podcasts, um, Sean Sheehan, I know him as, but uh, <laughs> great to see him, great to see Pat, his brother, um, Andy Stevenson on his first event for Severe MMA, great to see him, a young upstart in this uh, profession, great to see Abby and Simon from Junkie as well, uh, two great lads, have been on the road with them for a long, long time, and I spent a lot of the week with them, and Gareth A. Davies, the man himself, I mean... Uh, all of the media members, it was great to see. And Jake, of course, from um, from Fight Talk. Uh, I think he has the best accent in uh, MMA journalism. That Jordy accent is fantastic, the way they speak. He was trying to teach me some of that. Like, I mean, I spend a lot of time trying to teach Ariel Hawani and Sean Alshadi how to speak uh, Irish, you know. Uh, well, you know, uh, Irish idioms, like what's the crack, um, Jesus, all this kind of stuff. But the Jordy stuff is way better. Um it was canny good to see you, Jake. So very good to be there this weekend. Um, so yeah, I suppose um, 
without anyone to bounce things off, it's probably going to be a shorter episode this week. I'm, of course, taking off for Melbourne tomorrow. Um, so we we basically have to uh, get through this quite quickly. And and as well as that, really, I mean, it was just so much MMA this weekend that it's that it's uh, that it was very difficult to kind of keep eyes on everything, especially when I was working one event. Um, so, yeah, let's take a look at the latest news first, and and uh, we'll have a bit, chat about a few other things later. So, uh, yeah, the news. Uh, Jack Marshman v. Marcus Perez uh, is going to go down in UFC Sao Paulo. It's a good fight for the Welshman there. Um, after a good weekend for the Welsh, it would have to be said, in Copenhagen with Jack Shaw with that stunning debut and John Phillips uh, with a signature John Phillips moment. Uh, Soren Backfee, Terry Brazier, is going to go down in London on November 23rd. Quite a shock that Soren uh, signed a deal with Bellator, really. Everybody really thought he was on the verge of signing for the UFC. Um, he certainly seems to have said to uh, a few media members at the media day that the UFC did offer him something, but he he would have rather went with Bellator. So that's that's very interesting in itself that Bellator now have the pulling power to take these, you know, blue chip prospects away from the UFC. They they had already signed a lot of blue chip prospects, but we never really knew for sure if if these guys were on the radar of the UFC or not. So I think that's quite significant. <coughs> Excuse me. Also going down on that card, Fabian Edwards v Mike Shipman. It's a bit late for me. Um. I'll be honest, um, I think they should have made Fabian and Shipman when they were both unbeaten. Um, a certain amount of intrigue has left this contest because of Shipman's knockout at the hands of Anstinus, and that's not Shipman's fault, it's not Fabian's fault, it's Bellator's fault. They should have made it earlier, that was a huge fight. Um, it's still a huge fight, but I just feel it's a bit too late. Um, you know, uh, it, was, it was kind of felt like both guys were putting it all on the line against each other when it was an unbeaten Shipman against an unbeaten Edwards, but now it feels like Shipman has everything to gain because um, he's always gone. He's lost by knockout in his last fight, and then he's coming up against the Uber prospect on Bellator's record, I guess, uh, Bellator's books even. Um, Very interesting things happened at Bellator 228 over the weekend as well, and the most interesting for my my, um, money is the fact that Patricio Pitbull was giving the champ's choice. Um, I saw Mark Raimondi tweeting about this, and I contacted him apparently, Patricio Pitbull was given a choice as to what date he would fight at and who he would compete against in the next round. And he's chose uh, SBG's Pedro Carvalho, who has been saying since the start that he would want to fight Patricio. If he was given a choice in the first round, it would have been Pitbull. I think that's a really, really good fight. And I mean, why not? Uh, Pedro did a great job at the the press conference I saw him at as well. So, um, yeah, I think it makes sense. Adam Barich will take on Darian Caldwell. That's another... You know, I feel like that's the worst matchup you could probably give Barks because, uh, you know, look how well Pico did against him until that flying knee connected. The wrestling is a bit of an Achilles heel for him. Um, if he gets through Darian Caldwell, I think it's he has a great chance of, to go in the whole way, to be honest. It's um, it's a tough, tough matchup for him, but I really believe he can get it done. Also, uh, for Bellator, Vitaly Menikov and Javier Yala has been rebooked for Bellator 232. That, that of course, was meant to happen earlier in the year, but it fell apart the day before the fight was set to happen. And Paddy the Baddy will be making his return in November on that London card. Um, I've already seen Joe McCulligan throwing an oar in to get that fight, so that should be very interesting. I think I think Cage Warriors like like having Paddy around is is always good for them and like even with that announcement you can see the intrigue that's in it immediately. You have all these guys calling his name like he really is a is a guy that adds a lot to that promotion and with Jack now in the UFC and you know doing so well as we saw in Copenhagen, 
it's great for them to have Batty back. Let's be honest, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, that's all the news we have. Um, and a talking point I felt that we should probably bring up: uh, Conor McGregor showed up at that Bellator show, and um, so much talk of him apparently fighting. Well, John Kavanagh did an interview with the McLoy, my good friend Oscar Willis, last weekend, and he said uh, Frank Edgar would be the man that he would want Conor to face. It's interesting because, like John has always said, like Nate Diaz, even Roddy, it, it seemed like they were always on the Nate Diaz thing, and now it's suddenly gone to Frankie. But apparently, that is a fight that that is of interest to McGregor. I've heard that a lot. You know, he even said in that interview with Ariel Awani that someone like Edgar would be the perfect preparation for Habib. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, I, I also don't think that you know it's the best idea in the world for Conor to come back against one of the the guys at the very top of the food chain at lightweight. So you know, um. Uh, a warm-up fight, so to speak. Like uh, Frankie had already said he was going down to 135. Um, I assume this fight would probably happen at lightweight. So if Frankie was saying he was going down to 135. I can see the fans kind of getting a Connors back, but it probably is what he needs at the moment. It probably does need a tune-up fight. And it's a fight that, you know, you would kind of have to favor him in just in terms of his size, in terms of his stopping power against Edgar, who was, you know, we saw him being stopped against Ortega and stuff like that. I mean... You, you would, you, I think I definitely favor McGregor in that, but um, I, I saw him in uh, Dublin on Friday, I didn't get to speak with him or anything, he was just kind of around the backstage area with his entourage, um, but yeah, he, he doesn't, he seems in good shape, I mean, I couldn't really judge, he's wearing a wearing a suit, but um, looks looks in good shape, I guess, so uh, be interesting to see, I, I feel like that is the way it's going though, it's going towards Frankie Edgar for sure, Um. Right, well, look, we'll talk about the cards more in depth in the next section of the show, but uh, I got a word with Fabian Edwards, who, of course, was uh, we spoke about earlier, was is going to fight Mike Shipman now in November, November 23rd. So um, we got a word about him, about that, and about his brother Leon situation, of course. The news of Colby and Usman had not broken by the time we, uh, we did this interview. It was on Friday night, but the talk was around. I mean, he does, uh, he does cite that, but um, yeah, well, let's have a word with Fabian, and we'll be back in about five minutes. We are backstage at Bellator Dublin and I am joined by the one and only Fabian Edwards and he just had that fight we've all been waiting for with Mike Shipman finally announced. Now, you had a really intense face-off, man, and you were clearly saying something to him like, you finally did it, you finally did it. Did you ever think this fight was going to happen? You said for a long time that he didn't want it. I never thought this fight was going to happen. It was meant to happen two years ago. He never stepped up then. So I I was surprised coming off a loss as well, a knockout loss that he stepped up to the plate, you know what I mean? So, fair play for him stepping up, but he's going to get finished again. What did you notice about him when you faced off there? Like, I mean, I, I heard you saying something like, I'm going to ruin your face or something to that effect. What did you notice from that face off? I don't, so I, I don't really take much. I didn't take much from that face off, you know what I mean? I, just, I, was, looking him, I was looking him in his eyes and just, just eyeing him up, you know what I mean? Um, I think we're the same height. I got a longer reach on him and everything like that. So, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this. Is this in London, right? Like, you wanted to fight him in Birmingham. That was always a thing. Is that is it just something you had to concede in the end? Like, I'm just going to have to do it this way? Yeah, I'd just do it. That's the only way, you know what I mean? They, they came with a fight for London card, so I thought, fuck it. Call main event in London, I can't complain. It, it would have been perfect if it was in Birmingham at the main event. I think that could have done a decent bit of numbers, but London, that's, that's still okay, you know what I mean? I'm happy with that. Is there any part of you that's kind of disappointed because we've already seen Van Steenis knock him out? That kind of took a bit of the mystery away from it. Like, I'm sure you wanted to be the first guy who did yeah, that to yeah. him. It did, but 
what I'm going to do, that's still going to be a surprise, you know what I mean? Because Van Steen is what only, only TKO'd him. I'm looking for like toes curling. I'm looking for that. So that's still going to be different. That's still going to be something somebody ain't seen before. One of the problems I can anticipate you having, right? We know that you're elite. We, we have this feeling that you're going to be going to do huge things in this yeah. game. But I feel like it's going to be a problem to get some of the bigger names in this middleweight division to fight you, the Masasis of the world, the Lovatos, because they're going to think they're going to be sacrificing so much to go up against this young gun. Can you anticipate that being a problem further down the line? I think it does, especially if Bellator try to push me a bit too fast. They might be like, ah, oh, this guy's only what, 9 and 0 after I smoke shit, man. So they might, they might not want to fight me, so I might just carry on fighting whoever I can fight. I ain't going to lie, tonight I was hoping for Will to fight because that would have been another question I could have put to bed, but he got beat by the better man tonight, and, and yeah, that's it. Was that ever close to happening, the Will fight? Because online that went crazy. Will, Will genuinely wanted it, though, right? He was trying. So he wanted it, but by the same time I told him, his daddy Jonathan had to say yes, and his daddy said hell no, because watching that fight back, I would have KO'd him stiff. I mean, he got caught with loads of sloppy shots. His defense is awful. Now, he's a tough kid. Everyone's suggesting he's a tough kid, but his defense and his offense is awful. You know what I mean? Is it, do, you, do you feel as though that's a problem with SPG guys in general? Some people do say that, that uh, John is kind of stopping certain fights from being made. Yeah, of course. I understand. He's trying to baby everyone. He's trying to look after them. You know what I mean? Like, he tried to look after, he tried to, he tried to look after Will, but... It never happened tonight. If Roy, if Roy played it smart by taking a guy that's 3 or no, but he still never played it smart. So it doesn't matter how much trying to baby them. There's still some decent guys out there that will, that will beat them, you know? Final question, uh, and thanks so much for giving me your time. Um, your brother is having a bit of a nightmare getting himself that fight at the moment. There's so much talk about potentially Cameron Usman and him now after the Colby dropout. Is this something that is really frustrating for you? You spoke about how elite your brother is on many, many occasions. Does this annoy you probably as much as it annoys him? It does annoy me. It, it, it's shitty how Diaz came back after three years and now he's finding the number three guy. You know what I mean? And now that's, that's left my brother in a space of who to fight. There's no point taking a guy that's number seven or number eight because he's number four now. You know what I mean? He's, he's done a lot of hard work to get there. So it's frustrating for the team that he's not getting the fights that he wants, but just have to play the waiting game and see what goes on. Are you, are you, like, I, I heard Leon speaking to Ariel Awani earlier this week, and he was, like, confident that they, they would make the Usman for you. Are you feeling good about that as well? I was until I seen this morning, fucking, the Kobe is close to being finalised. I thought, what the fuck? You're never sure with the UFC, you know what I mean? You're never sure. One minute they say yes, next minute they, made it, they make a next, next deal. So, until they sign on the dotted line, I won't be confident in it. Is there anyone you'd like to see him fight other than Usman? I, I know Woodley was kind of floating around there. Is there any matchups you'd like from? Nah. If he's not Mastodav, if he wins Diaz, if he's not if he's not Woodley, if he's not the champion, there's no one else. There's no point fighting for the sake of fighting. You know what I mean, he's done eight, he's done an eight fight winning streak now. Just be a former champion, so there's no point in fighting for the sake of fighting. You know what I mean? He's got he's got money. He don't need to fight. He don't need to like rush and fight just anyone. So I, 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 we've all told him to play the waiting game. You know what I mean? Keep developing his skills and and see what what takes place. And we are back. What a pleasure it was to speak to Mr. Fabian Edwards. Um, great seeing him there, looking fresh, looking uh, very keen to get that fight with Shipman done. You could even tell with the face off those two go do those two had there. Uh, definitely don't like each other. Very very uh, intriguing one. I hope they both do a lot of media. I know Fabian will. I don't see Mike really that present in the media circles. We've tried to have him on a couple of times. It'd be great to have him on if he come on. Uh, I feel like the two of those, um, they have a lot of beef there. There's a lot of 
animosity and that's always a big seller for us filthy MMA people, let's be honest. Let's take a look at that uh, Copenhagen card. Um, unfortunately, the risk did not pay off for Jack Hermanson. Uh, Jared Cannonier, a, a very dangerous opponent, as we all know. He finished him in the first 30 seconds of the second round. Hermanson really risked everything there to, um, you know, put himself across as this next uh, front runner for Scandinavian sport. And he probably didn't need to risk that situation. He just felt that it was a good move for his career. And I can completely understand that. But uh, Cannonier is just so solid, man. He's so powerful. And it was evident how hard he hits when you see Hermanson. That happened to Hermanson in the second round like that. And I really feel like Hermanson in the best moment of his career at the at this time. So very, very difficult one, has to be said. Marco Madsen, wow. He uh, absolutely blitzkrieged uh, Danilo Belwardo. It was um it was devastating. No you know. Um didn't really uh, say a lot there in the post fight interview. Has to be said he didn't set the world on fire with uh, his sentiments afterwards, but uh Amazing, amazing athlete, obviously. Absolutely incredible. And the atmosphere just looked incredible in, in Copenhagen in general. That We can talk about with that more when we, we speak about Dalby in a few seconds, but uh, Jesus Christ. Gunnar Nelson didn't pay off for him either, taking that short notice opponent. Uh, Burns, at that heavier weight class, is, is going to be a real problem. He's going to be a real, real problem. The decision, it was never really in doubt, really, when it went, um, you know, after the three rounds, it I didn't feel like Gunnar was going to win it. It's unfortunate, but uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, when you have to, and this will be a a, a subject that's brought up an awful lot during these look back through the fights. Like these these guys, when you take on a short nose opponent, you're flipping out everything. You're changing everything. Like Gunnar was preparing for a striker, and next of all, he's preparing for a guy who's more decorated in jiu-jitsu than he is. So, very, very difficult situation. Kutilaba with a huge win over Khalil Roundtree. Um, Roundtree, obviously, really, really focusing on the Muay Thai aspect. But uh didn't really pay off against like, a guy like Kutilaba, who's just devastating in top position there. OSP is back. Um, Oleg Shaysho couldn't uh, get it done against him, although he was hitting him with some of his best shots. Um, another Von Flew choke. Um, a Von Peru choke, let's be honest. I know it's the most overused tweet in the world yesterday, but um, it's a Von Prue choke. Come on, lads. There's no, there's no one else. Uh, Dalby's entrance was absolutely unbelievable. Um, absolutely unbelievable. His his uh, fiance, I believe it was, singing the song, the Danish national anthem. It was it was emotional. It was a real moment. And there was a uh, there was a few moments in that fight, I suppose. Um, I actually missed the initial stand up on Oliveira, but from what I hear. It had massive ramifications on the on the fight. I did see the second one, and I just tweeted about the second one because I thought that was it. And people were like, "What are you talking about? What about the other one?" So I was like, "Oh shit, better delete that." We yoink, deleted that shit. Um, yeah. I mean, Dalby, what what a story though, you know. Um, although that that situation obviously happened during the fight, amazing to see him back there winning. Um. In such a tremendous way. And and it seems as Alex Oliveira is uh, still on the run at the moment, which is insane. I saw a few people tweeting about this. Uh, he's a wanted man. Um, Oliveira. Oh, MMA. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I saw a few articles popping up online about this. Apparently, yeah, he's wanted in connection to... Um, after On the run after hitting his wife, um, according to one article I have here allegedly 
Um, he was expected to turn himself in to uh, the police back in May. So, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting, very, very interesting. What a what a weird sport, man. Um, allegedly, of course, all of that, guys. So let's not get carried away with ourselves. Um, John Phillips, what a return to form. Uh, amazing. That is the guy that we were talking about. That is the guy we were so pumped up about. And um, great to see that smile on his face. He's one of the best personalities in European MMA. A fantastic story. Um, you know, a lot of it, a big deal was made of it ahead of his debut about, you know, his life up until that point. It's just been incredible. And great to see him being the guy we all thought he would be and finishing Alan Amadovsky in just 15, 14 seconds, I believe. Crazy. Um, other notables, the Austrian wonder boy, brilliant performance against here, Bahradzada. I thought he was brilliant. Uh, Chikadze, what about that one? <laughs> the split decision that was suddenly turned around. Mad shit. Uh, I think everybody was drawing a collective sigh of relief when the score came back with uh, him winning. The uh, the initial scorecards didn't make a lot of sense. Um, crazy that they could mess it up at such high-level MMA. But again, like I mean, same could be said with the refereeing and the Dalby fight. Very poor to see it at this day and age, to be honest. Crazy. Lena Landsberg, huge win. That's two huge wins back-to-back. Mark Diakese looked inspired against Venata. And Jack Shaw, what can I say? Um, amazing. He looked brilliant. It looked like another uh, Cage Warriors title defense to me. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, on to Bellator 227. Obviously, James Gallagher with that, you know, 30-second guillotine in the first round. Again, everybody, oh, Roman's all as hard as it can. Um, I'd say it's the second hardest fight of his career, uh, Gallagher's, you know, so... You know, takes it on a week notice. Weeks notice. Um, people are telling me that oh, the Salazar has no ground game and stuff. Like James is very good in the ground. Like he's exceptional. He, the, it's been known since he was a young teenager how good he was. Like I mean, I get it if you don't like him, but you know, decompartmentalize that in your head. It's it, this is about you not liking him. It's not about him being bad at jujitsu. He's he's incredible at jujitsu. And to shoulder that uh, situation in in Ireland, uh, the change of opponent, sold out arena. Come on. What were you doing when you were 22? Like, I mean, geez, I wouldn't have been able to do it, I'll tell you that much. And I'm a pretty miraculous person in my own right. Um, Michael Venom Page and Richard Coyley are apparently going to be fined, according to Mike Mazzulli. Um Steve Morocco had an article there out on MMA Fighting yesterday about this uh, Coyley for flipping the board and Michael Page for taking selfies during that ground and pound, I'd imagine. Uh, big comments from Page afterwards that uh, Dan Mergliata allegedly called Mergliata, excuse me, allegedly called him a piece of shit. Wow, like I mean, yeah, he's again similar situation to James. Like, yeah, say say what you want. Like you know, like if you don't like him, you don't like him. That's fine. But to think that's okay for a referee to say that if he did say it, if if that happened, that's disgraceful. You have to be professional. All of us have to be professional. You can't do that. Peter Queeley was absolutely phenomenal. My God. Against uh, Ryan Scope. He hits the deck himself before he gets up and, and finishes him after after that amazing entrance to the Cranberries uh, zombie. Just unbelievable. That was a huge moment. That, that felt like the, the place was going to explode. I really did. It was amazing. Best win of his career, I'd say. And, and to be honest, you know, I feel like Peter is a great professional and you know, you can you can see that like he has foresight. He comes into these uh, press comment, like I mean, the press situations after the fight, after the biggest win of his career, and he's calling the shot. He knows what he wants next. He understands the layout 
I always think that's a, a great sign of a pro when they know what they want next. They're basically calling it. You know, I guess someone in Gallery's situation doesn't really need it. Um, he's going to be a headliner there. Um, if they've had two successful sold-out shows there, he's going to be the headliner. But Quilly has great foresight. Like he comes in, he says, look, I want Bungard first uh, to settle the personal score because everyone else at Lightway is, is kind of sewn up until next year. So I thought that was brilliant. I love when people have a, have a, have a shot to call. Same with... Um, same with uh, Brian Moore. He came backstage, two-minute interview, got everything out. I want Ricky Bandeas. Gone. Brilliant. What's not to like? I love it. Um, ben Henderson was, was very good. It was great to see such a high-level fighter in Ireland. Brilliant, brilliant fight. Um, you know, he, he seemed to be putting a lot of mustard on his shots as well to put Jury away. It's just Jury was kind of waiting there, waiting to counter-strike. And I felt Henderson was throwing everything at him, you know? I really did. I felt like he was throwing the kitchen sink at him. And the, and, and the Irish fans... Glad to see them giving him the ovation he deserves because it was a bit embarrassing last time and King Mo and, and Ishii were in there and half the arena left. So it was it was good. It was good to see that. Kiefer Crosby, a uh, bit of work on his hands against another short nose replacing Hugo Pereira. It wasn't as easy as people thought it would be. Um, Kiefer telling us he's ready for the champion after the after the fight with Pereira. Um, did not like me asking him about Moyles Price, which still would be a huge fight for Ireland. And to be honest, his reaction to that question We'll probably make more people want to uh, see it than anything else. So maybe that was his plan. The fighters do the old double blufferoonie the odd time. So uh, who knows? Will Flurry is a man who certainly didn't lose any stock in his loss to Navigny. Navigny's he looks brilliant. Four and all only, but just just brilliant. Looks really really good. But Flurry is a savage. There's some losses you take that you know, like same with Scope and and Quilly. And Quilly was the first to point that out after that fight. Like Scope and Flurry haven't damaged their stock at all here. Two animals, man. He's a savage, and and the crowd were absolutely involved in that one. They, eat the they were eating out of the palm of his hand. Him and Lavinia, very very good fight. Liam McCourt, uh, a more concise way, very methodical, um, great win for her. Um, I think you can see that Bellator have big plans for Leah with, with with the place they've given her on that card. Um, so early on in her career. Franz Milando and Dominic Wooding was a fantastic fight. Delivered. Milando's a beast, man. He's just... He's so chilled out. And Wooding as well. Just two incredible fighters. And speaking to Franz, great to see him doing so well now. Uh, two, two big scalps he's taken out there, man. Two very big scalps. The Grace in a former Cage Warriors champion. Dominic Wooding, a guy I think is is brilliant. I, I think he's actually brilliant. Um, You know, I, I, fantastic. Richie Smullen, that's more more like what we expect from Smullen as well. Sean Tobin's no joke. Um, and Richie to do that to him so quickly, really, really, really solid stuff. Ryan Roddy getting back to winning ways after a long time away from the sport against a tough opponent in uh, Patrick Poitilla. Elias Bulliad, uh, devastating knockout of Vitalik Moibarada. Moibarada, debuting pro. Bulliad, you know, 100-odd kickboxing fights, I think. Most people saw it going that way. Interesting that this fight could go ahead because we saw that with the Taekwondo uh, athlete, uh, the female fighter that came across to Bellator and they tried to put her against an O&O girl and uh, the commission stamped it out. So interesting that they let that one happen and devastating stuff um, in the, the final second of the first round there. Uh, Carl Moore v Chadwick. I heard a lot of people saying they thought this one was for Chadwick, uh, but it's Carl Moore who comes away with the win in his Bellator debut. Uh, two great fighters there. I saw Lee looking very dejected afterwards, you know. 
um some great exchanges in that fight but um you know i've heard some people complaining about about the decision and again in the film peter and mccabe fight it would seem everybody was going psycho for um again there's been some complaints about everyone a lot of people i just tweeted that phil had won because you know when, when you're at these events you're going backstage to interview people you, you you don't really see a full fight you really don't you're just constantly on the move and um yeah a lot of people i put up that phil had won and you know Great to see Phil getting his first one under the Bellator banner. But uh, a lot of people have Rakeem McCabe. A lot. Um, Jake Hadley, huge win over Blaine O'Driscoll. And I'd agree with him that, you know, it probably does make him one of the one of the top guys uh, in Europe at Floyway. Him and Sam Creasy, his teammate probably, right there. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him and Ryan Curtis. Dylan Logan, sweet triangle choke of Adam Gustav. Um very nicely done I had to be said that's uh, two losses and two now for Gustav in uh, in Bellator Gunster IF against Ian Coughlin I actually scored this one for Coughlin I saw this whole fight um, I was on my way to the arena watching it um, I thought Coughlin's submissions in the second and third round would be enough to get him the nod but uh, Constantine Gunster IF uh, got the win in the end he was very good in top position but uh, I just thought Coughlin's submission ch- uh, submission attempts would get him the win you know and, and this is gonna happen like i mean when you when you have 16 guys on a card from sbg it's gonna happen that people say there's favoritism going on here i think that's to be expected it's it's from the very first announcements of signings it's been expected so i don't think you can blame people for you know looking into these decisions putting a microscope under everything um you know i think it's part for the course when when it, it does seem so geared towards sbg um but yeah yeah, that was a it was a good night. It was fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. I'd like to see. Um, I'd like to see. I'd, I can't. I can't help. I would like to see Price and Crosby. Like him, him saying he didn't want the fight, maybe he want the bar. And um, yeah, I don't know if you saw Richard Coyley's uh, response to all this. Um, I'd say his knee is killing him though magic a lot of people really open arms about that matchup being made and you know it was pretty one sided on the night and um, you know it did it did feel like Paige was on a completely different level than him and a lot of people are complaining about that and um, yeah I guess I guess it was everything that people thought it would be um, unfortunately for Richard but uh, he certainly certainly drummed up a lot of interest for it that's for sure Cage Warriors 107. Uh, Tom Aspinall with a big first round knockout there. You remember his uh, last fight on the Cage Warriors banner. He broke the guy's leg checking a kick. Nasty. Adam Ventre. Decision win. Big, big, big name out in Liverpool. Donovan Desmond will probably take on um, Cartwright next. I mean, not Cartwright. Jesus Christ. Donovan Desmond, sorry, is the guy you... Who uh, everybody ex- look, thought Paddy was going to fight last time, so that could be something that he would be interested in. Like Tim Barnett's no slouch; that's a big win for him. Adam Brockdor, uh, I, I feel as though he's an Uber prospect and uh, gets another decision win there. Slowly going about his business, quietly even going about his business there. And look, another loss for Pietro Manga after that ill-fated UFC debut that never happened to Luke Shanks' uh, first-round knockout. That's very tough to see, man. It's been a devastating run for him, and I will say, um. You know, it's tough. It was this Cage Warriors card with Copenhagen and that the Bellator Dublin card on it. It it was it wasn't really that talked about. You know, that's something that Cage Warriors need to look into. You know, and you know, make sure they have a, a day at least away from these events because 
that's a card that deserved a lot more attention and um you know when you're just you're busy with everything else your 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 boss is going to tell you what to cover you know so uh good good fights there um went under the radar unfortunately um belt or 228 we spoke about at the start um with those matchups being made but uh split decision win from Asasi over Leo Machida threw some shade at um the man who beat him in his last fight and former Eurobash guest Javier Lovato Jr. Uh, Pitbull keeps his title after a decision over Juan Arguileta who we call a poor man's TJ Dillashaw in the lead up to the fight AJ McKee who you know both Pedro Carvalho and Adam Boric told me that uh, would be there at the end 8 second KO of George Karagian my god Caldwell dominant over Henry Corrales and Daniel Vigil unfortunately knocks uh, England's Saul Rogers out. Europe be Europe in that situation. AJ Agazarm, uh, the the jiu-jitsu supernova, um, improved his record to 2-1 with a decision win over Jonathan Quiros. A lot of people say to me that they want to see this guy fight James. I think that's a, that's a lower level fight than the guys he's fighting already, but if they want to do that, why not? Um... Yeah, and also um, <laughs> Antonio McGee, yeah, is uh, fighting for the first time since 2014 and wins in the second round. That's <laughs> against a fighter with a winning record as well, man. Like father, like son. My God, amazing stuff. Um, yeah. Well, look, uh, that's all the uh, action that happened last weekend. But um, I wanted to get a word with Cal Eleanor because, as far as I was concerned, it wasn't good enough the way it was left there you know um he was forced from this fight with james Gallagher when his brain scan didn't come back um it came back with some abnormalities but as far as i know the situation has changed drastically and i feel like we need to get that out there it shouldn't be just left on this guy can't fight because his brain uh, has an issue uh, as far as i know he can be cleared now and i really wanted to talk to cal he was over at the fights on saturday i mean on friday and i wanted to speak to him while i was there i just never got a chance to so, uh, yeah, I feel like it's very important that uh, we give Cal a platform to to tell us what happened there and let everybody know that he can fight again. And, you know, I don't know if if the Gallagher fight can happen again. I know that James said he would be more than willing to do it. He felt he owed him it. Uh, I don't know how Bellator feel about it, but I know that Cal will definitely want that fight. I could even see people talking about it afterwards. Imagine that was Cal. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's have a word with Cal and we'll be back to wrap things up. Thanks very much. Mwah. And now we are joined by the man I have told you that I wanted to speak to. It is Cal Eleanor, who unfortunately had his fight with James Gallagher pulled out from him at the 11th hour, really. And um, there has been some updates since then, as far as we know. So we wanted to get Cal on to talk about the situation. Cal, you were in Dublin, first of all. You saw the event, right? Uh, what did you think? I thought it was a fantastic event. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought some of the fights were awesome, you know. Um the crowd was fantastic. <clears throat> Just a shame I wasn't on it. Yeah, I mean, did you see the amount of people <clears throat> tweeting about, oh, it would have been different if Cal was in there? I know it was that afterwards. <laughs> is that is that yeah, hard to yeah. take? Yeah, it is, yeah, definitely. But it, it, it's uh, it's good to see at the same time the amount of people like backing us and stuff now. You know, like, yeah, obviously on Instagram as well, I've seen a lot of people saying it should have been, it would have been different if I was fighting and stuff like that. So that was cool. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to be there and watch and see. Obviously, the reception what James got when he come out and for the fight as well. Like I would have, I would have loved, loved to have experienced that, you know. But aside from that, I it was a great show. Like um, just, I will hope, hopefully, I can get it back sorted, you know, so I can, I can be the one to fight him next, you know. Yes, yes. And be, before we get on to that, though, I'd love to 
talk to you about what happened there. I mean, we heard a week out you put out this uh, fantastically honest video about some abnormalities being found in your scan. Um, we'll yeah. get on to the, the updated version of that soon, but I mean, when did you hear about this? How far was it away from the fight? Um, it was it was probably about two and a bit weeks out from the fight. I got the phone call saying something had flagged up in my brain scan and that I, I needed to go for a, an assessment with a neurologist to get a clearance letter for the fight. Uh, so I basically got in touch with a guy I know who... He managed Dan Hardy. He's got a lot of connections. So I spoke to him and asked him who he thought I should speak to. And he put us in touch with the guy who said, oh, had dealt with a lot of fighters in, in these cases before and had helped people, like, obviously, when they've had this issue and they've, they've ended up fighting. So I was like, right, well, I'll go with that guy. Uh, got trains to London, went there and seen the doctor and stuff like that. And obviously, they they gave us the assessment and basically retired us on the spot, like, for, wow. for what they'd said, because I had the... The original, I had a review from the only other scan I did, um, which was in 2017, and that basically said that I had um, no abnormalities at all. There was nothing. Uh, there was no gap in me in, in me in me frontal lobe or anything like that. Like this new scan was shown, so they were saying that the progression in two years was like very rapid. You're obviously saying it was signs of like brain illness and this that and the other and seeing how bad it was and, and all that kind of stuff and he basically just I just cutting a long story short he basically just said that like it's like the start of brain illness and it's not like what 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 will happen uh, what could happen it's what will happen and he just basically just like Jesus. he was just saying he was saying my brain scans are showing what the same was what somebody was who had just basically been in a bad car crash would, would see that kind of progression in there from there that's why I obviously wiped us out a bit obviously I've got kids and stuff like that and then what had happened was uh, when I was fighting Nathan Grayson in February, um, when I had to do a medical then, they asked us for brain scans the same then. But obviously I had the review from my 2017 one. So I gave them that and they said, oh, it's still in date. That brain scan's fine. That, that clears you to fight for that. So I was like, all right, cool. So you didn't so have the actual scan. scan. You just had the No, the I just notes. had the review from right, it, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, I could never get the images. I tried. I spoke AFC. I couldn't get them. And I tried to get them through that way. And then... Basically, every time I tried to get them off them, they just kept sending us the review and saying that's all I had, that's all it would get. So I was like, right, whatever. They cleared us anyway when I fought Nathan Grayson, obviously, so I thought nothing of it. So then when this fight came around with James Gallagher and I have that scan, I just obviously I took that review to the neurologist and he was saying, like, oh, like, maybe maybe he was saying if you get the images from this scan, he was saying it's highly unlikely, but there, there might be a chance, like, Something's wrong on that. He's saying, but it's unlikely. So I was trying for ages to get these scans, uh, images, and I could never get them. My friend Alistair Bishop lives in South Africa, uh, but obviously while this whole thing's going on, obviously more more days are passing by, and I'm still speaking to Bellator, speaking to CFMME, and it's obviously they say, oh, it's not looking like your fight's going to go ahead, you know. And obviously the fight is getting closer and closer, and obviously I knew James is treating just the same way I have, you know. And if it was the other way around, I would have wanted to know. So I was saying like. I was starting to panic, thinking, oh, well, everyone's going to, if they leave this to the last minute and they pull me, he's not going to have an opponent. It's going to look like it's my fault when it wasn't. Mm. Um, I just felt like I was kind of didn't really have any any other options. So I'm asking around and I'm speaking to, speaking to CFMA, speaking to Bellator and stuff like that. And it's looking like your fight's not happening. And it was, uh, I think it was like 10 days to go. So I spoke to Jude and I was like, right, we'll just get someone else and no problem, whatever. Uh, that's when the next morning I woke up and obviously they've got Roman Salazar in or, or, the, or they'd announced me pulling out and then they've got Roman Salazar. My friend Alistair Bishop in South Africa, he lives in Johannesburg where the lab is and he was 
it's basically pestering them all the time and they, they were sending them to one place, send them to another. So he's after your person. scan, right? He's trying to get the yeah, images. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Trying to get the images and they kept sending them to different people and saying, oh, this one's off till this date and you can get, you might be able to get them then if we can put you in touch with this one. And eventually spoke to a lady who basically got him these images and when they sent us the images, basically what happened was I sent them off to CFMMA and with the same night I got a phone call back saying, off the record, like obviously we can't see it officially because it's not in writing until it's fully reviewed. But what it's looking like is you had this on your brain in 2017 and the doctor has either, basically it's like they've either not seen these signs in your scans, which is obviously highly unlikely because it's like a, if, you're a, if you're a medical professional, knowing what you're looking at, especially with dealing with fighters as well. These are signs that you anyone would in that field would be, know to look out for. So obviously if there's three black spots and a gap, and you haven't accounted for it, it's either you've either obviously had a blindfold on when you've looked at the scans or, you, or you've just deliberately not put it in there so I can be clear to fight. So this is um, this is things you could have been born with, basically. Like, because they're... Yeah, that's... It, that, it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what you said. Yeah, yeah, it could, 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 could have been from that. It could have been from before that because that's the only other scan I've had, so I don't know, you know what I mean? And nobody's told us anything and it basically, I've, I even went to the doctors after and I've tried it and I got no sense of them out of them either, so I've just... I'm still not really knowing what's going on now. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm clear to fight, and that's fine. But as far as my own brain goes, I don't. I don't even know if this is something I've been born with, or if this is actually from fighting. You know, or concussion. You know, I've knocked myself out on pikes and stuff like that before. You know, so I could be from anything. You know what I mean? Jesus but, uh, Christ! So I mean, so, so they, they 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 have cleared you now after after getting these this uh, this scan. You are technically cleared to fight again. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So oh my God. What said was. Yeah, oh, honestly, it's absolutely crazy. So they basically got batteries and said that that's what they said. So the doctors either lied on the sheets to clear you in 2017 or they've just not noticed the things. But that completely is 100% the other way to what we review from the scan said. Like, it's the complete opposite. So, like, that's why the doctor spoke to me so harshly and gave us that kind of, like, serious, like, kind of, like, retirement told spiel about how like I shouldn't she told us that I shouldn't even ever spar again that's what he said to me he said, said I, if I would advise her, he said I wouldn't even be worrying about this fight he was saying I wouldn't even spar again he's saying obviously you, you're going to be upset now he's saying but realistically you should be happy that you haven't found this a year onwards right you know what I mean so their, con- their concern was the fact that they hadn't got the initial scans so they thought you had a perfectly normal brain say like the a bog standard brain yeah. and these things just yeah. hadn't been accounted for in those scans so they thought it had degenerated to that point in two years and that's where they couldn't yeah. you yeah Jesus. definitely 100% and obviously like it's, it's just been such a shame that obviously like I just feel like obviously they, they, they left it obviously to me, so I'm having to deal with this all by myself, and obviously still trying to get myself right for a fight at the same time. And I'm getting told like obviously, oh, you're high risk, and that no doctor's ever going to clear. You. I even tried to get the guy's signature. I was like offering, I says, look, I'll pay just to get your name on the sheet, just so I can fight. And he said it didn't even matter if I got a signature on the sheet because the doctors would see the review and would wouldn't clear us anyway. So I like pretty much knew the fight was going to get pulled anyway. So I was like, oh my, oh my god, you know what I mean? I've got no options here, so I. I just felt like me, me career was done completely. You know what I mean? He's telling us to never even spar again. Like I was this like, what the hell? You know, like like I was in the best shape of my life ever. Like that, that like there. You know what I mean? Everything was on point and just completely crushed us. Like I just felt like me. I just felt like I had no purpose. You know what I mean? Just broke me out. I had the worst, worst two weeks of my life. Like you know what I mean? From there and then. Basically, then the the rangers give us that unofficial talking on the phone and said like off the record it's looking like you you, you could be all right to fight in the future again. And then about five days later, the the rangers back and said yeah like it's been confirmed like it 
you, you find to go you can fight you'll just need to have regular scans to keep an eye on it Jesus like I mean as, as, as great as that news is Carl like I mean how hard is it to, like I spoke to you off the record a number of occasions over the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. I could tell how devastated you were but essentially a doctor's error has cost you the most valuable fight of your life how does that feel now after 100%. the event has taken place and everything uh at the time, it killed us, you know, it really did break me heart. Like, I truly thought like that was my big chance to obviously change my life and become like a, a, a lot more known in MMA and somewhere like the stages I've kind of always wanted to be on and believed I should be on. But at the same time, like it was a blessing in disguise, you know, like obviously the day of fight day, my mum's in hospital in a coma, you know what I mean? So it's a pretty absolute madness. So like I'm pretty, I, like, I was glad, like obviously that week that I didn't have to fly out on the Tuesday, like a fight week, like I was meant to, because I was back home and obviously having to deal with my mum in hospital. So I kind of took it as a blessing in disguise. Although it still brought me out that I wasn't fighting. I just kind of looked at it that way as if it was like, not meant to be, you know what I mean? Is your mother okay? Sorry, I didn't hear about that, Cal. Um, I didn't realize. No, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't told anyone. Um, she's she's critical in hospital now, mate. She's she's still in hospital now uh, in intensive care in Sunderland. So. I uh, saw so things have been a bit rough. So obviously, I, I went out of Dublin. I just went for the day just to try and uh, basically clear my mind of it. You know what I mean? What, is, can I ask what happened, or would you rather not talk about that? Or no, it's fu- it's fine. Basically, she's got MS, and um, a few years back she got um, pneumonia. Then she got new- aspirational pneumonia, and it's just been something that like every couple of years came back, and then like the last couple of years it's been really bad. It, it like touch and go like like a couple of years ago, and then she survived in, and then like. She got it again a couple of months back, and then they've let her out, and they've just basically she's got it again. But then this time she's she's her lungs collapsed and stuff like that, and then they basically she's been in there, and then now she's she's just been unresponsive for like five or six days now, okay. and she's got a machine doing her breathing for her and stuff like that. So we're just just trying to just obviously get by, just trying to deal with everything we can, you know. And I just realised like obviously like that fight on Friday just wasn't meant to be, and just taking it that way, like you know what I mean. I'm so sorry to hear that, Carl. That sounds like a, you, you've had quite an ordeal. Um, absolutely, uh, my heart goes out to you, man, and I'm sure all, everybody who listens to this will agree with me, but um, you know, I really hope that that, that situation can sort itself out. Um, but I, I, was, I was just wondering, you know, did you hear the comments James made about you all week? He, he seemed to, he didn't belittle your situation at all. He seems very concerned about you. Um, he has said he will fight you again. Are you confident that Bellator will... We'll listen to what he has had to say and make that fight again. Uh, well, first, uh, I appreciate you you saying that, mate. I really uh, appreciate you saying all that about it. Say so thank you um, about my family and that. But um, yeah, mate. Like obviously, I heard the stuff James was saying, and um, I really appreciate you know. Like obviously, he's uh, fighting the same. And to be honest, like I, I had him, him in mind when I knew two weeks out that they were going to pull us. You know, so I wasn't. I was being respectful of him and me being the one who, who I had to pull out, you know what I mean? So, like, obviously, it was the same way. Like, he knew the situation before it was announced. I don't know who told him or how he knew, but he knew. Um, so, I took, he, he took it the way he, uh, any, any, like, decent person would have, you know what I mean? Like, all hype it for the fight aside, you know what I mean? He's obviously he's obviously got his head screwed on, you understand? I appreciate him saying that, you know, and especially especially him dealing with it the way he did and then, and then coming out to see fighters again. Like, that was cool. Like, obviously... I think he's got a lot of say in what will go on if, in who he fights as well. So hopefully it is a fight Bellator put back together. You know, obviously they've seen how much attention it can get. And I think it, the second time round as well, like everyone even wants it even more now. So hopefully, hopefully the, the stars will align and they'll put it together, you know, because I feel like it's the fight like we're both, we're both trained for and we both deserve. 
Carl, I really, really hope they make it happen. Um, I, I feel, I feel so happy that you can fight again because I know how much that meant to you. Um, but I, by my, my commiseration for the situation you're in at the moment, and hopefully I can speak to you again, and we're in a much better situation. And this fight has been rebooked because uh, I'd really love if they could do that for you, man. Cheers for that. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. All right. Well, look, I'll talk to you again soon, and hopefully we get some good news. And I really hope that Bellator, whether it's James or not book you as soon as possible because it's the least you deserve right cheers me I really appreciate that picture me thank you you go and enjoy your breakfast now mate <laughs> legend <Thanks laughs> all the best later, buddy, bye, all bye, right. bye. have a good day mate Draw, man. bye bye and thank you so much to Cal Eleanor for getting on and joining us and speaking about that I felt it was very important to get out there and say that in public um you know, just because uh, the last thing most people would have heard of him that aren't diehard fans is, like, you know, he wasn't able to fight that due to a brain issue. So we needed, I felt, to get that out there. And glad to hear that the door is not closed on his fighting career. Um, So, yeah, um, it's just a look to what's happening next week now. And, and really, I think UFC 243 is the uh, event that's going to be stealing all the headlines at Stadium Show in Melbourne, Australia. And yours truly is going to be there. This is my second time doing this with the with the old school legends, uh, Casey Lydon and Esther Lynn. Um, they were absolutely brilliant with me in Abu Dhabi. And I was so nervous about not being good enough with them or not being good enough to do this stuff for MMA fighting. So they made it so much easier, man. They, they made me feel like uh, I was a legend of the game already coming in. So really, really cool. And I can't wait to get to do it again. Um, I can't wait to see Stoilbender fight in person. I've been covering this guy's career for a long, long time. And it's really cool that I'll finally be able to watch him. Um, I guess there's a big criticism of the card because it doesn't feel like, you know, it's going to... Like, I don't know if it's going to sell it out, but it doesn't certainly feel like it will. Like, I mean, the card... I, I think they were hoping to get Volkanovski um, Holloway on there. And um, it just didn't happen. But the main event is unbelievable. Whittaker and Adesanya is absolutely unbelievable. I love the fight. I'm slightly kind of edging towards Whittaker at the moment. Um, but uh, Adesanya very capable absolutely unbelievable and of course unbeaten up to this point so fantastic stuff there um, Ali Iaquinta and Daniel Hooker in the co-main event love it City kickboxing all over the gaff on this fight card um, you know Toy Tuvivasa against Spivak there in the uh, on the main card as well and then the Jedi Luke Jamea against Diego Lima like, as a, again as I said not a not an astronomically amazing card, but the Celtic kid, Jake Matthews, uh, will take on Rostam Ackman, the hairiest man in MMA at the moment. Um, that's a good one from a European point of view. Um, you also have Megan Anderson, Megan Anderson, should I say, taking on Zara Fern de Santos of France from a European point of view. And uh, Kali Taha against Bruno Silva, opening the whole event. Um, yeah, so I mean... It, I can see why people are kind of annoyed about it. It doesn't feel like it's it's the biggest card in the world. Um, and look, it, it's very geared towards that audience there, very geared towards um, Australia, New Zealand. And um, looking forward to see Brad Riddle taking on Jamie Malarkey too. Brad Riddle is Quake from City City Kickboxing. A lot of people are very excited about him as well. Um, so yeah, it does have a lot of... Um, talent in that region but really for me it's the the main and co-main that's really getting me excited i think hooker and iaquinta is going to be a savage of a match it's going to be absolutely savage so um really looking forward to that and um 
just being in the stadium, like especially compared to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi was such a weird one. The place didn't feel like it was finished, you know what I mean? So actually being in a real working stadium this time should be really good. Um, also, there's the uh, the Bellator 229 card on Saturday. Friday, should I say. From Mohegan Sun, is it? No, Temecula, California. So, um, Koroshev v. Lorenz Larkin uh, rushes finest. I think the I think two of the three losses on his record are, are to uh, Douglas Lima. So, that'll tell you how good that guy is. Um also, uh, Anatoly Tokov taking on Oracho Darpanian on the prelims there. Um, yeah, not much else going on from a European perspective. I'm not going to lie to you. The Vladimir Tokov for Brandon Hastings also. So three Russians we've got going on there. Um, so not too bad. Um, but look, that's all I've got for you. Um, I'm sorry it was a shorter episode this week, but it wasn't going to happen at all. Um, we knew we knew uh, Noel was away. It was very sad not having my... Uh, my um, my wingman, my uh, partner in crime there in, with Bellator this weekend. and you know, But he'll be back next week, I'm sure. And maybe it will just be Noel next week. Who knows? It depends on how my travel goes. Um, so thanks very much for listening. I'm very sorry it's a shorter episode than usual. You know I love you, though. Uh, thanks very much and all the best. Mwah. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. 